Welcome to another episode of the Programmatic Digest podcast. I have a special guest today, Elysia. I pronounced it correctly, right? You got it. Elysia! <laughs> Listen, I am very big on names and pronouncing names is very important to me. So thank you for being so graceful with this. But uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. And you know, it's funny, I'm the same way with names. So I went on your podcast real quick to see if I got it right. So is it Ellen? Ellen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, good, good, good. We are winning today. Not even <laughs> 30 seconds in this podcast, we are winning. Look at this. You see that? I love it. Man, <laughs> we, we're winning. But um, I really am looking forward to our conversation because you are a recruiting, a talent acquisition expert. And I have a lot of questions about hiring, what it takes to hire in the digital marketing space, specifically in the programmatic space. So you had a lot of experience, and I'm sure you'll tell us a little bit more, but you have some experience recruiting in all fields of marketing and recently in programmatic. And I'm very, very excited about having you here because I really want hiring managers to understand like common mistakes they may have or they may do or hiring like the talent itself like people looking for a job what are some common mistakes they keep that you keep coming across and what how can they make sure to to fix that so before today's conversation let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself to those who don't know you yet all right well thank you so much for having me on your podcast again my name is Elacia and I am a talent acquisition specialist currently working at a digital marketing nice. agency that um, focuses on B2B digital oh. marketing. I've been doing recruiting in a variety of industries. I wanna say my first venture into recruiting was back in 2005. I stepped out of it for a while to join the military and then got back into it when I got into the military. And I found from the different industries that I've been recruiting for, digital marketing has been the most exciting, the most interesting of them all. And why is that? Because it's just amazing to see how the specialists in the digital marketing field. So what we do here at um, the company mm-hmm. I work for is we work with people in programmatic, as you said before, search engine marketing, SEO. We have a creative team, just a full gamut of yeah. services we provide. And just seeing how you're able to create a strategy mm-hmm up getting that sale, um, introducing your service and just building that relationship from beginning mm, to end. Got it, got it, got it. What was one of your, your dream jobs when you were a little girl? Did you always think that you would land into recruitment, which is not even something you hear very often at a certain age until you get to that adult career driven life. <laughs> but like, how did yeah. you land into, into this space? So when I was younger, I absolutely hated that question about what you wanted to do when you grew up because I had no idea. And I've even, I even had internships when I got to college. I still didn't know what I wanted to do until I interviewed for a job at a customer service center and I interviewed with the recruiter and the whole process from um, the interview process was amazing. And I, I did get the job. And just from that, I was like, I think I want to do what she's doing oh, eventually. Cool. So that's very, very cool. Yeah. I was going to ask, yeah. like, I like to ask this question with any guest that comes on the podcast. Like, how would you define what you do to a five year old? Mm, that's a good question. Sometimes I ask that during yeah. my interviews. Um, 
So I help people Mm -hmm. find jobs and I help the people that want to hire people look for someone that's going to be the best fit for the job they have. Oh, got it. Got it. That's a good way to put it because, you know, before we started recording, I I told you I wasn't sure if there is a big difference between recruiting and talent acquisition. So is there a big difference between talent acquisition and recruiting? So talent acquisition is more of the proactive state of finding candidates for um, hiring managers and companies. So really thinking about the strategy that you're going to put in, looking at the hiring Mm -hmm. forecast, putting that together Mm -hmm. and just creating a plan for that year or that quarter or whenever your time frame is for the company and hiring managers. While recruiters are more so are recruiting, it's more so of I don't want to say reactive, but it's the action steps mm-hmm. of that. So going out there and finding those people, taking action on that Got plan. It. Okay. Okay. So that in that position has a little bit more commitment involvement versus recruiter is very maybe task driven, maybe candidate driven, I would say, or job driven, whatever. Yeah. In the industry, it all kind blends of blends in, right? Yeah, it does. It all blends <laughs> in because even a talent acquisition specialist, they're going to step up and recruit. Right, right, right. So the words or titles are used interchangeably, but I think the real focus of talent acquisition is really building those relationships, mm-hmm. creating that strategy while the recruiters are going out there and finding the right people to meet the needs. Mm, got it. Got it. Okay. That's a great segue into today's conversation and why I'm so excited to talk to you. So at Ellen Parker Consulting, we created this education program. So in my one minute pitch here is that we train and recruit People that aspire to work in digital marketing don't know where to start, right? They've heard of social media. They think it's cute to work for uh, paid Facebook ads. And then they discover programmatic with my teaching, my lessons, and then um, get certified. So at the end of the program, they're really able to, you know, start a entry level or even like any type of level jobs because they're able to understand the fundamentals, have confident conversation about what's happening in the industry from a trans while. And then they have like hands-on experience into a platform, which we call DSP. And so a lot of those individuals we've been training, they, they have reached back out to us asking like, hey, can you help us just find a job? Or what do you think about this agency? What do you think about this job? What do you think about this job, right? And a very good friend of mine say, you know what, there's an opportunity for revenue growth by placing because most recruiters, that's how they get compensated. So after you place the the candidate, you get a percentage or whatnot, whatnot. So I started pitching some agencies and companies, and they're actually very, very interested. And I was like, what? It's one of those things that you get so excited, right? Um, There's still a long road ahead, but I believe that's just a positive for us because now you have clarity of where you're heading. But my questions, and one of the reasons why I'm so excited is because I get to talk to a lot of managers hiring managers, and I want to understand some of their like current state of mind. You know, we hear it a lot, the big companies, the big tech companies lay off. And I believe that is a big distraction because a lot of companies in the programmatic field are still hiring, even in 2023 when this is airing. So what are like maybe, I don't know, your top five or four common mistakes that maybe a hiring manager is, is doing? especially when it comes to going in the field or what should they be doing, whether they're hiring or not? Because, you know, looking from a hiring manager standpoint, they really want to bring somebody in that can hit the ground Mm -hmm. running. 
but sometimes it is going to take a little bit more training. So it's great that you're offering this program so that the people that are starting these roles can kind of have a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. So when a hiring manager list where they just want a person that is completely can check all the boxes. But unfortunately, you know, with people, there's different types of backgrounds, different types of situations that they're dealing with. So I think the main thing to ask of a hiring manager is what is the thing that's absolutely necessary? And what is the thing before you begin the recruiting process, just really knowing what it is that you really need for that Mm -hmm. role is number two. So I guess those kind of go hand in hand. I wouldn't say there's a list of five things. And a third thing I would say is, is a college degree really necessary for this thing? Girls. Or is it hands-on experience? Listen. <laughs> like, really? Like, all the people that are coming into programs are career pivoters. That's how I call them. They had five, six, mm. seven, almost 10 years career in another position right and you're gonna say no to 10 years of one life experience maturity career experience because they don't have a college i don't know i'm not sure yeah and fortunately the um organization i work Mm -hmm. for right now they're not i I would say that our hiring managers they're really open to listening to their recruiters and their talent acquisition teams okay so in recap you said three things can you just recap it for us Yes. So I would say knowing what you want in terms of what is a must have Mm -hmm. and what is just a nice to have. So having flexibility. Mm -hmm. The second thing is looking more so at the candidate's level of experience rather than focusing so much on a college degree. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is really listening to your talent acquisition teams and your recruiters mm-hmm. getting their advice because that's what we are here for. We deal with different interviewing processes. We know the pulse of the market yes. and just really giving their feedback to apply that to your search. Those are the three Got things. it. So before we go into um, the talent, asking about the, the person looking for the job, I ask those last two questions. What are the benefits? for a hiring manager to like working with a recruiter? Because I mean, I know for a fact recruiting is not a free service and it shouldn't be. Everybody needs to eat. But what are the biggest benefits that hiring managers maybe don't understand when it comes to partnering with recruiting? So the recruiter is really going to be helpful in building a relationship with candidates for Mm. those hiring managers because the focus of a hiring manager is to do what it is that they do best in terms of managing their teams, um, if they're more hands-on, being in the weeds of what they're doing, while a recruiter can go out there and seek out the people that are going to be the best fit for mm-hmm. their needs. So doing that research, um, developing the relationships with the candidates, and yeah. interviewing them, pre-screening them, and taking that off of the hiring manager's plate. Because it's a lot to do the search. Um, do the interviewing. Yeah, it takes communi- a long time. Yeah, it is. And then keeping in communication with those candidates because you don't want to leave a bad taste in their mouth. Even if mm-hmm. you decide not to move forward with that candidate, making sure that you decline them respectfully so that even if they're not a fit for that role, you may have something that comes open in the future that would be a better fit for them. So relationship oh, building okay. is one thing. Um, okay, another okay. thing is recruiters 
we know the industry. This is what we do. We see what's going on with um, different industries in terms of hiring, things they should be looking out for, how to strategize for your hiring needs is another thing that you would want to work with a recruiter for because if you're just hiring all willy-nilly and being very reactive, like that's going to, um, again, take time away from you as a hiring manager on things that you need to focus on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So we are truly, truly partners working hand-in-hand with you, just kind of being like your right-hand person so that you can focus on what you need to focus on yeah. and we can look for what you need and give you advice along the way if you're unsure about things. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. Man, I think it's a good segue into shifting for as a as a somebody, as an individual looking, as a talent, as a candidate looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Like, Hi, did you know that at Ellen Parker Consulting, we now offer an accelerator program where we attract, recruit, and train future marketers. And their training include a six-weeks program where they cover programmatic landscape, um, industry, important industry trends, the differences between targeting placement and targeting mix and their best practices, including optimization and reporting hacks. Um, And they're able to set up, manage and monitor a campaign, a demo campaign in the trade desk, everything including audience selection, inventory optimization, SPO, creative upload, brand safety, you name it. They're able to do it at the end of the six weeks program. So if you are part of the 90% of employers struggling to find a skilled candidate today and not willing to spend $14,900 on a bad hire, according to Zipia, give us a call. Let's discuss which one of our five to 10 juniors available every month is the perfect fit for your team. Clients who have hired our juniors have shared that we were able to help them save one to two months on boarding with those juniors. Give us a call right now and let's discuss the solution with you. What can you tell the candidates before we go into closing segments? Because I really think it's important for them to understand. So for instance, I had a candidate talked to a hiring manager and the hiring manager was very specific and I was very clear on communicating that to the candidate. So the candidate went through two rounds of interviews. I don't know what the amount of total interview uh, rounds she should have had or the company has. But long story short is that the candidate was really excited and confident. She was like, we had a good vibe, a good connection. And then the hiring manager comes back to say, we're not going to move forward with it. And so I'm really confused. I'm like, wait, why did something happen in the call? Or did you change your mind? Like what, how can we avoid this situation? Because if a candidate is really excited and, and confident, I'm thinking the other person is showing that this is happening, right? Like, I don't know, coach us through this situation. Like what, what can we think of this situation? (laughs) There could be a lot of factors with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes people go through an interview process and mm-hmm. the company is interviewing multiple people and they just end up mm-hmm. going with the best fit for that role. Okay. It's mm-hmm. nothing personal. It's just a, a business decision and they want okay. to get that person in that they can feel like will be a good fit. Mm-hmm. I think that if a candidate goes through an interview and they make it to a certain level, let's say they go through the second or third level of interview, mm-hmm. it is important to give them some kind of feedback on mm-hmm. how things went so that they can know better for the next round of interviews or the next time they interview with someone else. And that's yes. something that we really try to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe the candidate misread what maybe. they thought was yeah. going on during the interview process. Um, they thought yeah. it was a good vibe and maybe it really wasn't. So it's really yeah. hard to say. There could be a lot of different factors that went into that. Got it. But like as a recruiter, it's okay to reach back out to the hiring manager and say, hey, I know you said this is why, but give us a little bit more. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So uh, recruiters do that all the time when they're working with candidates wanting because they need it. They need to know that for when they're searching yeah. for a candidate so that they can bring Great. back what they actually need or what they actually want, because there could have been a misunderstanding, miscommunication, or yeah. even when you first start recruiting, you're going to present a couple of different candidates to the hiring manager just to test the waters to see what they really want and mm -hmm. what they really need. So it's it's a process sometimes. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's good to know for a candidate's perspective. Like what are like five common mistakes? I, I keep saying five, but it could be three, it could be 10, whichever. <laughs> what are common mistakes <laughs> that you think you see when you talk to candidates or as they, the candidates goes through the referred job um, process? Like what are some common mistakes they should be aware of? So first, just starting with your resume, making sure that the resume has keywords on it that match with what the job description has. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean faking keywords on there. If you have experience with, um, since we're talking programmatic, the trade desk, and mm -hmm. they're looking for someone that has experience with the trade desk, make sure you're noting that when your, your resume, resume, because yeah, when we're... When we're looking through resumes as recruiters, we really mm -hmm. are scanning within a matter of minutes or seconds to see if there's things on there that catches our eye that the hiring manager is asking for. Mm -hmm. In terms of DSPs, since mm -hmm. we're talking programmatic again, if they're naming mm -hmm. the specific DSPs that they want that candidate to have um, experience with, name the specific DSP. Don't just say, I have experience with DSPs because there's different ones out there and this mm -hmm. particular company might only use certain ones so mm -hmm. that's in terms of the application or excuse me the resume making sure that you have the information on there your experience mm -hmm. in, with those things listed on your resume because we're looking for those keywords we're looking for those terms mm -hmm. and the interview process just be professional and be yourself and mm -hmm. i think that if you're able to really talk through what it is that you've done on a day-to-day -day basis or you're passionate about what it is that you're trying to do and making that come through in the interview process is going to be important. Yeah. I know it can mm -hmm. be very nerve-wracking trying to talk mm -hmm. about it, but before you go into the interview, maybe writing down some notes of tasks or projects that you've done that are related to the job oh, that yeah. you're interviewing for, yeah. then that will help you kind of walk through it with that hiring manager, whoever it is that you're interviewing with at the company. Mm. What are like some great, like in the last maybe year or so, what are like some candidates you come across and you were like, yo, this is really bomb. And after you place them, you felt really good about placing them and why? And of course, I'm not asking for a name, but I'm asking for more like a character specific skill set. Like that one thing that is like every time I, a candidate has this, it feels great to place them because this. I think this whole year, every candidate that I interviewed and placed was exciting because this was my first venture into recruiting for digital marketing. So nice. knowing that I've built these relationships with the candidates and 
um, mm-hmm. building up that excitement for the company because I really enjoy the company I work for and they come in and um, yeah. say yes. <laughs> that whole process is exciting to me. So mm-hmm. I, I can't say it's been one person. I think this whole year, just learning something new. Yeah. Bringing in people and onboarding them has been a great process and that the hiring managers are excited about the people that they bring in. Making that yeah. match is just chef's kiss. That's, I, yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. You know, as a former hiring manager, right? I Is there like one thing, one thing that you would say when the candidates is only focused on that thing, you know, usually is not a good fit for any, any jobs. Is there like something you know, you know what I'm trying to ask because like I've had even other friends that are hiring managers as well come to me and say, you know, when the candidate is very focused on only salary, like I only want to be at five hundred thousand dollars a year, it's a red flag for them. Not because they cannot afford maybe that candidate salary demand, but because if that's the only reason why you're coming to work, it just it's. First, it's not a good culture fit. It was not a good culture ad, and they're they're misaligned goals there. So, is there? Do you agree first of all with that, and or is there other things that you would say? Yeah, when the candidate is only focused on these things, sometimes it's not a good match. I do agree because that means if salary is your main focus, then you can easily mm-hmm. be bought away from the company. So, if the person or the hiring manager brings you in at the salary that you want, because that's what you fought for, that's what you deserve. And no one's saying you don't deserve that. If another company comes along in the next month or two at, I don't know, five, 10, 15K higher. Yeah, then you're gone. Then, yeah. And that's time wasted for the hiring process, the hiring manager yeah. onboarding you. It, it's expensive <laughs> trying to hire people. So that's why we want to make sure we're looking at those kind of red flags. And that's definitely one, yes. Yeah, um, I think it's really important that you said that, uh, what you said, like it's expensive to hire because I think we forget this as candidates, but also like the companies, that's the reason why, like you're investing so much of hiring a candidate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have two choices. Either you want to do it in-house yourself and take as long as you want, or you can repartner with recruitment and talent acquisition teams like yourself. And just fast forward this process because one, it is an investment. It's better just like, I love giving this example. It's just like, there's a time in my life when I thought I wanted to do nails myself, right? Always grew up watching my mom do her whole nails, her toes, whatnot. And so I invested in the acrylics, okay? For my people out there that don't know what acrylics is, is the fake nail that you put on top and then you have to do all this stuff. It takes, it takes an hour to do it in, in a, professionally. But then it takes seven hours to do it yourself when you're learning. I would literally spend whole afternoon and I had to be outside because the smell was so strong because I'm still learning and I was investing in those cheaper products. So the moral of that story is that you could absolutely try to do these things yourself. But the reality is that with a little bit of investment, you can be efficient and effective and delegate this really important piece of your team, like building and scaling your rep, your company and your team to somebody that does it very well and efficiently. So if you're hearing this and saying like, we can't afford it, like, can you afford to just continue being in this state of mind any longer? Or are we going to try to make an investment, partner up 
so that we don't have to continue losing this, this money, this time, this investment, because we think we want to do it ourselves. And so it's very, very important to understand that you can partner up with companies and, and delegate that one role that is super important and urgent, but it's, you don't have time to do, you know, like, um, and from like a, a talent, a candidate perspective is like, take it very seriously, but at the same time, understand that the company that you're going to hire, I mean, that, that's going to hire you has to deliver as much as you have to deliver. Maybe you have a different perspective, but do tell me. Um, but I always say that for certain candidates, they will not apply unless they check off everything. And most of them are women. And I tell them, like, if you're checking off every single thing on that, that job, you probably are a little bit overqualified if you know how to do everything. Because eventually you want to grow into something. You want to learn a new skill set. You want to be excited when you go to work because something is challenging and, and on the health, uh, healthy challenge, not toxic challenge. So I always tell them, like, if you're check, checking off 50%, go ahead and apply and have the conversation that if I bring this in-house, like, you can teach me this as well. And I'm so, I have such a great work ethic. That I'm going to make sure to do my best as everyone should. But at the same time, it's up to the company to have system in place to make sure that this person that's hired doesn't feel burnt out in six months. And like a year later, they want to go somewhere else. Right. So what do you think about that? My perspective? I think you hit the nail on everything um, <laughs> with all of what you said. <laughs> but from the candidate perspective, yes, definitely apply. It doesn't hurt to apply. Nothing's going to happen to you if you hit submit on that resume. Like you're not going to um, spontaneously combust. Right. Yeah. So um, just give yourself a chance from the candidate's yeah. perspective. If you're really excited about a role and you mm -hmm. submit that resume or application and you get the call back, let that passion and excitement for that job shine through. Um, even if you don't get the role, every time you interview, you get a little bit more polished and experienced. And so uh, eventually it's going to come to you. So never worry about that. Yeah. And then yeah. from the hiring manager perspective, like what we put on there or what they put on there, again, is just the wish list. If they have that flexibility and knowing that, okay, I have the time and resources to train the person mm -hmm. that hits the mark on most of what I need, then um you'll find that a lot of times that person's going to be worth it because they are going to be so grateful for the opportunity. They're going to work as hard yeah. as they can to make sure that they're doing the right things and getting so that experience. Bomb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I think it's a great way to close our, our, our discussion. I think there's so much more we could be talking about when it comes to talent acquisition and recruitment, but Ultimately, it's like this is a new year. And what would you like to leave us? Like, leave us with a word of wisdom, especially for the candidate, right? When should they start reaching out to a recruiter? Like, what is the point in their career where they're like, maybe it's time to go find another opportunity? As soon as they start feeling that itch and bye, it's okay to reach out to a recruiter. There's no pain or hurt in having that discussion to understand what your options are and mm -hmm. um, what opportunities there are. Mm, that's so good. I think that's a great opportunity for me to put this shameless plug here and let you know <laughs> that if you are a candidate that is looking, <laughs> uh, we do offer education. That is our primary focus, but we also do DEI. And part of what we do in DEI is helping, you know, folks that look and sound like me and you to find a place where they can be challenged, grow and learn and, and really like serve, whether serving clients, serving a tech, serving whatever. 
So reach out to us if you have any, any questions about this podcast. And for the hiring manager, same thing. Like we have a pool of entry-level juniors account managers that are currently training into the reach and frequency program. The accelerator program I referred at the beginning of the podcast. But also like there's also a handful of experts reaching out to us because of our network, because they trust us, because of the value we bring to them, the individual. So there's a great opportunity to be efficient in your hiring, especially in 2023. And as I'm talking to big tech company, tech companies, ad tech companies and agencies and brands, all of them are saying that they're planning on re- revamping their hiring process in Q1 2023 and Q2 2023. Um, so it's a great time to have the conversation right now with those recruiting partners, including myself, <laughs> to, to really get ahead of the game. Like you don't want to wait until people are hiring. Like you want to hire now. Um, if it makes sense from a business perspective, of course. So make sure you reach out to us. And if you have any questions specific, um, how can they reach out to you? LinkedIn is the best place to reach out to me. I believe I'm the only Elacia on there. So yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> she is. <laughs> you can search Elacia, E-L-A-Y-S-E-A-H, and uh, message me. Yeah, and all of her information, so her her LinkedIn information will be in the description of the video and the podcast right below. And then, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll be on the YouTube description. So thank you so much for your support, everybody that's listening. We're going to kill it this year. Um, if this is inspiring to us, let us know how we can assist you in many, many ways. Again, from education, DEI, to recruitment, to talent acquisition, to anything else. And then you, this is not the last time you'll hear from Elysia. She'll be back on the podcast to talk about more. So thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye.